Hello and welcome. This is Nick's Nerd News, live from sunny San Diego, California. And now we go to your host, Nick. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Nick's Nerd News. You know who I am. I'm not going to say it. I mean, come on. We're we're at what eight now. I I think I think it goes without question. We know who I am. But uh, no, that that's just some fun fun to kind of be different. But uh, this week's going to be going to be interesting. This week, going to talk about a lot of things. First things I I, I do want to just point out. Uh, last week when I was talking about the Mortal Engines trailer, the new Peter Jackson movie, uh, I failed to mention that it is based off a book series. So that's where he gets his ideas from. I uh, just wanted to make a clarification on that just because, you know, I didn't want to seem like I was... Apparently I was I was uninformed, and now I've correctly adjusted that, so you all know, if you were wondering. Um, I also didn't give a score on my review of Ocean's 8, even though I said that I was going to go off a 10. So if I'm going to score Ocean's 8, I would definitely give it a 7.5 out of 10. So that's that. But uh, to kind of go over just a brief overview of today, I did see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, so we'll we'll talk about that. And uh, some other stuff going on all around the world. Um, let, let's kind of... The biggest news, obviously, is the Disney-Fox deal is back on. Uh, Fox was able to kind of... Well, I should say Disney was able to counteract Comcast's bid for for Fox. And, you know... I, I'm not a big fan of content providers like cable companies, things like that, op- owning content creators. Obviously, we already have that with Comcast. They own N- NBC Universal, and now AT&T owns Time Warner. Not a fan of that at all because it it kind of it uh, adds a level of murkiness to the waters, in essence, and and it changes how the future is going to be. Um, Obviously, I, I think there would have been more regular regulatory scrutiny on a Fox Comcast deal, considering that Comcast already owns NBC and most of its affiliates. Uh, granted, I'm not big on monopolization of things either. I'm not a huge fan of the Disney buyout, but hey, if it means getting good Marvel movies from here on out, I'm okay with it. With that aspect, I'm I'm still not a hundred percent on board. But that's that's the world. That's the world we live in. We, we live in a capitalist society. That's how things work. If you want to change it, go do something about it. But that's another conversation for not this podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of big news. Uh, let me just talk about comics real quick. I am a big fan of the Batgirl comics uh, and Batman comics. For that matter, I've always been a D- big DC guy. I know I've talked about that before. But one of the things I really liked was when they kind of changed things up and moved Batgirl to uh, what's called Burnside, which is kind of like a Brooklyn-esque section of Gotham. It's like a Williamsburg hipstery, I guess, university, young kids. And I I like what they did with with Batgirl there, gave her a new costume, kind of changed things up a bit. But uh, recent news... Turns out they're moving her back to Gotham out of Burnside and kind of giving her her old costume back. I I don't know if I'm a fan of this. I liked the the more rugged, not really rugged, but more modern, more 
real take on the costume that Batgirl Burnside had. It was all purple, had buttons. It had looks like it was more homemade than anything. But this new one they're going back to, it's like a spandex type again with the with the blue accents and yellow accents and I I don't know. We'll we'll have to see when the the series comes out, but I'm I'm not a fan. I I don't know. Um, speaking of comics, GameStop is going to start selling comics, which is interesting. And DC partnered with Walmart to put stuff, put comic special large issues in there. That's a weird thing. Anyway, that that's really all I have for comics right now. Um, some crazy news regarding the Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars story spinoffs. Uh, it was reported that they'd been put on hold because of the poor performance of Solo, which, as I've stated before... Solo didn't really poorly perform. It didn't do as well as The Last Jedi, as Rogue One, as Force Awakens. Part of that is because it was marketed poorly. I'm sure a lot of people thought and heard the news of the mess going on with directors. First off, we didn't get a proper trailer till close to the Super Bowl, just a few months before. And it's estimated that they're going to lose around $50 million, which is nothing in today's movie world. Okay, 50 million is nothing. We're talking about like Batman vs. Superman and Justice League and and Suicide Squad lost a couple hundred million just from marketing alone. Okay, 50 million is a drop in the bucket to Disney. I'm sure they're reevaluating because it came out. Lucasfilm was like, that story's hogwash. We're still working on these. None have actually been announced. Obviously, we they're all rumored at this point. They're still being, uh, they're in pre-production which is not really green light not really official but they're they're being worked on it It, it's not stopped okay if anything they're just going to reevaluate see take a different approach maybe they're going to wait a year not this six months thing because that was a quick turnaround especially with a movie that had a lot of a lot of turmoil behind it a lot of baggage which the other ones won't have a couple more trailers came out in the last week or so, uh, that for Creed 2, I really liked the first Creed movie. Granted, it's like Rocky 7 or 6 or whatever at this point. I mean, it's just a continuation of the Rocky series, but with Apollo Creed's son. And, you know, compared to the, the, the last Rocky movie, Creed was a whole lot better. I, I like what they did. I like what Stallone did with the story. He Obviously, he approved it. He owns... He owns the whole idea of Rocky, that that's his baby. I, I like how they approached it, though, with Creed and Michael B. Jordan. And uh, it was a good boxing movie, because I know boxing has been kind of on the decline the last decade or so with the advent of UFC and, and other things. But uh, no, Creed 2 looks looks like a good, good next step in the series. Same director, Coogler, who also did uh, Black Panther, so... And the first Creed, so so we're in good hands. There's a payoff at the end of the trailer, though. If you're a big fan of the Rocky movies, definitely make sure you stay till the end of the Creed trailer, Creed Two trailer, because I'm excited. I'm not I'm not gonna spoil it here, because I, I just want you to go see. But it's it's the obvious next step for this movie and where it should go. We also had a new trailer for Predator drop this week, or The Predator. The last trailer I was kind of meh on. You know, wasn't impressed. Didn't seem like it was something that was obviously following in the footsteps of the previous movies. 
Uh, the original Predator is awesome with Arnold. Predator 2 was okay. You know, the AVP movies, Alien vs. Predator movies, are they're, they're whatever. Like, nobody cares about them. Uh, the Predators movie that came out a while back with Adrian Brody, though, that's actually a, a good movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it or you haven't seen it in a long time, I, I would definitely recommend going back and and watching it again just to kind of get a feel for it because it's, it's good. It's not as bad as everyone says, but it, it's definitely worth worth a rewatch, especially to get, get prepared for this one. Looks like they're going to be fighting some different types of predators, which is which is nice, which is what they also did in the movie uh, Predators. So it's, it's a good evolution. It, this new trailer got me more excited than the previous. Looks like it's going to have that real good R-rated feeling and, and things like that. But um, also really great news is apparently they're working on a sequel series to The Next Generation, Star Trek The Next Generation. Obviously, Discovery's been kind of... Seems like it's kind of hit or miss with them, with it being on, on CBS All Access behind a paywall, and it, they're constantly losing showrunners, so I, I'm not... Unfortunately, I've yet to check it out. I, I want to. It's just... It's another thing i got to pay for just to watch one show. I did watch the first episode. It had potential. I, I don't understand what they were doing with the Klingons. But, uh, you know, the second season's coming, so maybe I'll... I'm sure they have a free trial. I'll just wait and binge it all in, in one one week or month or whatever the free stuff is. But no, they're, they're, they're working on a sequel series to The Next Generation with, apparently, Jean-Luc Picard, played by... The amazing Sir Patrick Stewart. So, if they can get him back and they put this on on cable, like you got my ass in a seat already. I don't care. Like Jean Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart playing him, Star Trek, more stuff past the next generation. Like I'm I'm all in, 100% all in. We haven't seen a proper. Uh, Star Trek post next gen since Star Trek Nemesis the last next gen movie way back in the early 2000s so it, it's been 16 plus years at least it'll be nice to have them back because especially with modern technology we can kind of see how they can update that kind of stuff to fit more modern ideology and how technology is advanced because obviously while Star Trek predicted some things they were still limited by the time and, and didn't really know where things were going. Think about how much technology has changed in, obviously from the 60s when the, the original Star Trek aired, to even the last almost 30 years from when Next Generation premiered, originally premiered. That's a huge, there's, there's so much things that have changed in that timeline. Like, even in the last 10 years, things have progressed exponentially. Like, that, that's going to be crazy what they can kind of do. They've kind of explored that in the comics, at least. If you read the Star Trek comics, I mean, I'm sure there's not as big of an audience for that as there are for the main main uh, draws, like Batman, Iron Man, things like that. But still, definitely going to... That's automatic watch for me. Hopefully that gets picked up. Hopefully Patrick Stewart's down for that. 
and you know hopefully that's on on CBS or or a channel that's easily accessible more so than CBS All Access. Hell, even if they put it on Showtime, which CBS owns, like, uh, yes, and big budget, like Showtime budget, like, uh, you know, they, they try to compete with HBO and stuff, so that that's a definite, like, sign me the fuck up. Like, I'm all in on that. Please, give me more. I want more. I'm, I'm tired of the... I'm tired of the Kelvin timeline or the pre, pre-Kirk time. Like, let's go back to post-next-gen. Let's play around in that time because all we have is Star Trek Online and that's kind of in this ambiguous canon land. Like, is it official? Is it not? Like, no, I want to play more around in that. Post-Voyager, post-DS9. Like, give me more. I want more. And if it's with John Luke, then please, I'm I'm all in. I don't I don't want to I don't have time for Star Trek books. Okay, I don't have time for all this other stuff. I already got my own nerd rabbit holes to fall down, and and I can't add another one right now. So I I need this in my life. And you know, sticking with TV, Westworld ended this week, and as always, still. So many questions, so very little answers. I I had a huge debate with my best friend about the final scene and how that relates to the rest of the series, season I should say. We've been kind of having a debate over the status of the man in black and if, if he's really a human and or a host and... If you watched the post credit scene on the finale, season finale was kind of amb- ambiguous in terms of when it took place and what was going on. Um, him and I have had a quite an argument over comments made by co-showrunner co-show Lisa Joy over if they support my side or his. Uh, it was pretty heated, as heated as you can get over a text. Um, he thinks I'm, I'm reading way too much into what she's saying. I think he's reading way too much into the trap that Westworld is definitely setting here because it's Westworld. I, I don't, we don't know. I don't know what's real, what's not real. Um, what's a simulation, what's not, who's a host, who's not. It's like they, they play this cat and mouse game. They they love they love to play into people's misconceptions and 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 Reddit and internet conspiracy theories and it's it's almost like they're 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 baiting you they they hundred percent are especially after the first season and and that's why I don't I don't believe what a lot of the internet's saying and I that's why I'm gonna take granted I'm gonna take Lisa Joy's comments here more as genuine than, than she usually is, especially with how it went with the last couple episodes and, and how the, the show, the second season ended. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting where season three goes. Will it have a time jump to kind of play out with that, that tease at the end? Will that be in a future season? What's going to go on now with hosts and, and what's going to go on in the real world now that, you know... 
however many rich people died uh, at the end of the first season and how that all tied in here. Uh, what's going to happen with Delos as a company because a lot of their executives were just gunned down over the last two seasons. Like that's that's going to be an interesting interesting take. And then another part of that is, you know, I know the show's Westworld, and they showed us Shogun World and the Raj. What about the other parks? Were they similarly affected? Were the hosts still nutso? I mean, we got a hint of that when we first saw the the 1920s-esque, you know, British Imperial-ruled India park, the Raj. The, the hosts kind of started going crazy. Not so much in Shogun World. But is did Ford have as much control over those parks, even though he created the technology? Uh, was that purely Delos? You know, what what's are are we going to get answers to these questions? Probably not, because they just like to fuck with us. But you know, it it's it'll be interesting. That that's that's what I'll say. But you know. If you want to talk about Westworld with me, hit me up. You know my, my social media handles. Nix.nerd.news on Instagram. Nix.nerd.news on Twitter. At me. PM me. Like, let's let's talk about this. Let's discuss it. You know? Uh, what are your theories? What are your thoughts? I, I want to know what, what you're thinking. What's in your head. Do you buy into those internet conspiracy theories? Do you Do you agree with me? We'll see. You know, it's probably going to be two years before season three, because that's how Westworld rolls. And speaking of waiting a long time in between seasons, Justin Roiland came out and said, we don't have to wait ridiculous amounts of time in between Rick and Morty seasons, so that's good. And that's a transition, if you ever heard one. Uh, but yeah. Um, there's a... Uh, let me go back to Star Wars for a second. I... I there was talk apparently this week that there definitely was a uh, Star Wars story that was canceled or put on indefinite hold, never went anywhere. And that was a Moss Eisley-focused movie. Or, more specifically, a Moss Eisley Cantina-focused movie. Which, if done correctly, could have worked very well. It could have been more in the vein of Casablanca because, I mean, that's really the only movie you can think of when you, when you want to think of a movie in a, in a bar or lounge uh, and centered around that. Uh, you don't want to go the Coyote Ugly route. That's, that's for damn sure. But you could have done it in the vein of... of of uh, Casablanca as like this wayward station, this outer rim planet. Uh, you know, you got thugs that work for Jabba, bounty hunters looking for a quick score, people trying to escape the Empire, things like that. And you could have, what, at least if, if, if I was going to make it, you could start it off with when Luke walks in with Obi-Wan, but instead of focusing on them you just act you just see them you know pass by the screen and then you start focusing on the different characters around the bar I, 
Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe not so much as a movie, but like a great anthology series. Uh, either episode or like a whole season, kind of like how American Horror Story does it and Black Mirror, but have like a whole season on the Moss Eisley Cantina. And maybe tie it into like Jabba's sail barge and shit. Like that'd be fucking cool, right? I'm not the only one thinking that. I saw the comments on the Kotaku article about it. That This could have been a cool movie. Probably wouldn't have fit into their plans. Probably wasn't going to make a, a shit ton of money like they would want. But hey, that's the breaks in life. One can only dream. We still got Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, the old uh, Star Wars Legends book, as they call it now. The future, man. The future. We'll see what happens. Maybe... It will be part of John Favreau's show. We'll see. But uh, that that's it for the movie land. And, um, you know, we're a couple weeks out from E3 now. And it looks like we got kind of a little mini battle royale going on in, in the world of the big three. Looks like Microsoft and Nintendo are having a whole bunch of fun while Sony kind of ignores the situation. Uh, uh, kind of tries to brush it off. I mean, they're they're... They're looking down from a, a place of power, from a from the lead. So it, it kind of makes sense what they're doing, but at the same time it doesn't. But Microsoft and Nintendo are expanding on their cross-play partnership that kind of started last year with Minecraft. And, and now it includes... Uh, well, no, they, they didn't have cross-play, but, but Minecraft on Switch and you could use your Xbox Live account. But now they've expanded that and allowed cross-play on Switch... Uh, with with Minecraft and also also with uh, Fortnite, or you can use the same account with Fortnite. I, I don't know. I don't play Fortnite. The game's fucking stupid. But anyway, the the Minecraft thing, and they they put out a new ad that's kind of like, hey, play with your friends, and it's mostly a Minecraft on Switch ad. But then you know they drop in some green. The person's holding an Xbox One controller. Meanwhile. Uh, Sony does not allow crossplay. They apparently you can't use an account you created with Epic for Fortnite for PlayStation. You can't use it on your Switch version, but you can if you did it with Xbox things like that. And a lot of people in the gaming community, um, the biggest person I think on this who kind of led the way was uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny Games, kind of saying like, "Hey, change this. Let's keep." Let's not keep quiet on this, people. Let's keep pushing. And and it makes sense, you know. Di- Di- uh, Disney. Sony is is the top dog right now. It's sales-wise, things like that. So obviously, they're not going to push for something that would take people away from their platform. But on the other hand, we're kind of moving towards this, this future of interconnectivity not everyone's going to have the same system but it's a third party game it's not even it's not like this is an exclusive game to the console okay this is a game on PC Xbox 1 Switch PlayStation like the whole shebang okay it it's it's time to break down the walls if if I may it's time to uh, kind of come together for this quasi-world peace-esque idea. 
Okay. Um, I, I don't give two shits either way. I'm not, I don't cross play. I barely play online now as it is. Yeah, I'll play Halo online, Call of Duty, other things like that. But I, I don't play with people like cross play. I mean, if, if it was an option on, on Destiny, I would have preferred that because then I would have maybe been able to play with some friends who had it on PlayStation and, uh, you know, maybe would have finally gotten to play a raid. I, I'm not going to play for PSN because I don't get enough games for it. I, I, I play, pay for Xbox Live. So that that's the other thing. It's like not everyone can afford, even if they do have all systems, not everyone can afford to have the online service for all the things. The Switch one's going to be cheap. But like, say I'm me, I have PlayStation Xbox, I get the game on my preferred console, my friend has one and gets it on that console, but it's different from my preferred, and, and we want to play together on a third-party game. I'm not talking about console exclusives here, I'm talking about a third-party game where the developer specifically said like, yeah, cross-play, fuck yeah, let's do this shit, let's have all our fans play together. But Microsoft gives the okay. Apparently it's as easy as flipping a Switch. Nintendo says, sure, why not? We would like to play. You know, riffing on the old Wii ads. And Sony goes like, nah, fuck that. Like, why you gotta be a dick, Sony? I get it, you're you're a winner. But you're acting like a sore... Uh, not sore loser. That That's wrong, because they're, they're on top. But they're, they're acting like pretentious douchebags who seem like a 1980s teen movie villain you know the the quarterback kid the the blonde with the wavy hair with the fucking puffed up collar like they're acting like that guy the 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 tool at the party who's like I'm the rich guy blah blah blah, blah like Mr. Steal Your Girl type thing like no and and their bullshit excuse that they had last year like we're just trying to protect our users. Like, uh-uh. No. Mm-mm. That's stupid. Because even Nintendo and Microsoft are like, the fuck are you talking about? It's like, they... they this happened... the, the This happened with PlayStation 2. You know, you reach a point where... You, you get cocky, essentially. I, I'm sure Microsoft did it at the end of the 360 area, era, and that's why they completely bungled the launch of the Xbox One, and that's why Phil Spencer's in charge now, but... Every video game company has done this once they achieve true power and are the number one. They get cocky, they start being assholes, they think they can run the whole industry, and then it comes and bites them in the ass. Okay? It comes back and bites them in the ass. And that's what's happening with Sony right now. Because the whole world's like, we don't give a shit about that. We're still going to buy your shit, still going to play games on it, I just want to play with my friend who's got the other one. Like, is that so much... Is that so hard to ask? It's just a server issue. This isn't This isn't people playing Call of Duty on a console versus people playing Call of Duty on a PC. Like, that. that's a just a whole different argument. And that's just... I, I, I don't understand that one, for starters, whatever. That, but that, like I said, that's a different argument. This is two people on consoles, three people down with Switch, saying... Hey, dickhead, let me play with my friend. Don't be a douche, okay? It's like you're going to turn people, you're going to turn consumers away. Because 
Now, Nintendo and Microsoft can use this in marketing and say, hey, your friend has a Switch and has X game? Well, guess what? If you have an Xbox, you can fucking play with them. But if they have a PlayStation, ah, uh, go fuck yourselves. Like, uh-uh. This is, this is not going to turn out well for Sony. You can disagree. I don't care what you say, but this is, this is kind of true. Okay? The community, the community will turn if if this continues to happen okay right now it's only a few games but right now there is a vocal minority pushing for crossplay okay and this especially when you have someone influential like greg miller who's a huge sony guy um i, I don't want to call him a fanboy but he's a, a big proponent of sony games systems things like this when he is out there calling for this you know you know you you might have a problem that you need to reconsider your approach Okay, it, it's just, it's it's time to reconsider things. And I hope, I hope they do this. I, I know Microsoft was against it back when they were in charge. I, I get that. It was a different time. It was a completely different time. And yes, you can call them hypocrites now. But, you know, if if Nintendo's on board with it, and, and Nintendo doesn't give a shit about the other two, they don't they don't need to be the ruling one. They got plenty of money. They could not sell well for a couple years and they'd still have money to last forever, okay? Nintendo had its time. But the fact that they're okaying it, which, and Nintendo's more of a hardcore protector of its IP and its 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 gamers and everything, more than the other two, okay? Nintendo's way more sue-happy when it comes to their IPs and people messing around with their systems, okay? Way more sue happy than sony like maybe this could lead to a better future and maybe we can put an end to this fanboy bullshit that i used to buy into myself okay i've had changing i've had my views changed mainly because i was tired of missing out on the great games on the other system so i was like fuck this i'm gonna play them all this this doesn't hurt sales okay and that's that's the maybe sony has a legitimate reason but at the end of the day, the excuse they're giving us stinks and smells like shit, okay? And it just goes back to that whole idea that everyone has an asshole and excuses are just like assholes, okay? So, Sony, come up with a better reason. Can you, can you please? Because this, this nonsense you're selling, we're not buying. We're not buying at all. You know, some. Let, let's kind of move away from that negativity surrounding cosplay and let's focus our negativity on something else in the gaming world and and that's the world health organization classifying uh was it gaming disorder as part of their their new report uh in their book that kind of goes over all the the different disorders and things like that and let me read you a statement uh this was reported on by ign uh, this statement was signed by a lot of the different uh, video game organizations around the world. Um, things like the Entertainment Software Association of Canada, Entertainment Software Association of America, you know, different things like that. But uh, this is what they said. 
Uh, quote, video games across all kinds of genres, devices, and platforms are enjoyed safely and sensibly by more than 2 billion people worldwide. With the educational, therapeutic, and recreational value of games being well-founded and widely recognized, we are therefore concerned to see gaming disorder still contained in the latest version of the WHO's, World Health Organization's, ICD-11, despite significant opposition from the medical and scientific community. The evidence for its inclusion remains highly contested and inconclusive. We hope that the WHO will reconsider the mounting evidence put before them before proposing inclusion of gaming disorder in the final version of ICD-11 to be endorsed next year. We understand that our industry and supporters around the world will continue raising their voices in opposition to this move and urge the WHO to avoid taking steps that would have unjustified implications for national health systems across the world. End quote. Now, this this has been going on for quite a while. I remember reading things on Polygon last year, uh, different websites. But you know, this this inclusion of uh, gaming disorder or hazardous gaming, as a, as a, they've called it. Um, you know, this is their, excuse me, the ICD, let me clarify, is the International Classification of Diseases. And this is kind of how they, this is kind of how they, um, describe it. Uh, impaired control over gaming, example, onset, frequency, intensity, duration, termination, context. Two, increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over the other life interests and daily activities, and three, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. You know, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to med school. But uh, you can apply those three things to just about any fucking thing and call it a goddamn disorder. Like, I could apply that to someone and their job. I can apply that to someone and their their eating habits. Like, is this a disorder? Are are hospitals and psych wards and um sorry, I I can't think today. Psychiatrists and psychologists. Like, is is this something that they're really gonna be need to waste their time treating? Are 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 people really addicted to gaming? It it has nothing to do with. I can understand if someone's whole life, it's gotten to the point where it interferes with their social life, their healthy lifestyle, or interfering with a lifestyle that could cause, you know, health defects. Yeah, I know sitting for a long time is bad. So is standing. Doing any one thing for a long time is is bad. Okay. But but anyway, um, you know, this thing. I, I just, I play a lot of games, and I, okay, I'm going to sound like an addict. I'm not addicted. No, 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 no. Okay. I play a lot of games. I put a lot of time, but at the same time, I don't play a lot. Yeah, I own a lot of games. I, I don't, I'm not sitting playing video games every damn day, okay? I do other stuff. I watch TV. I watch movies, okay? It's not just sitting there with a controller in my hand. And I probably play more than the average person. But they, I, I saw another thing somewhere. I, I don't remember what website, but they were class trying to say that someone who plays more than twenty hours a week, 
that's considered an addiction. So so what? I work 40 hours a week. Does that mean I'm addicted to my job? Is my stressful job or anyone else's stressful job or the toll that takes on them, is, is that a disorder now too? Like where are we going to draw the line here? And this also plays into that bullshit argument that playing violent video games makes you more susceptible to being a violent person. If if the scientific and medical community want uh, contest the evidence for the who, you know, then then they shouldn't really be putting it in here, because governments can take this this recommendation because it's the World Health Organization. It's it's run by the UN. It's part of the UN. You know, this could lead to very harmful things down the line. And this isn't something I support. I think we definitely need more evidence. There's enough scientific evidence out there from what I've seen before in the past. I Unfortunately, I can't quote it here. I If you do some quick research, it's easy to find. But... You know, there's been enough evidence and studies to show that gaming's not a disorder. It's not an addictive thing. Yes, it causes endorphins to rise. But, you know, same idea applies to Instagram and Facebook and other types of social media. Like, why isn't that shit in there? If we're going to put gaming in, then they need to fucking put in uh, addiction to social media and the shit that that does to your brain. That is way more fucking harmful than video games. But that's not in there yet. Because they're pandering to certain governments who, uh, mostly Southeast Asian governments or Asian governments, there, there tend to be a higher population of, of, of gamers there. They're pandering to them, maybe even the U.S., because the U.S. has this weird uh, obsession with, with video games and what they do to children. Like, video games are one of our biggest... Uh, biggest industries in this country but but anyway you know they're pandering to these governments to put this in here to classify it as a disease so then they can start throwing money and drugs at a problem that doesn't even fucking exist okay this is bullshit for the who to like blatantly ignore like various studies from the scientific community and still put this in despite people like saying this is not a good idea is a little scary to me. You know, the, the the WHO, the World Health Organization, the UN, is supposed to be independent uh, to a degree, okay? Like, like, I don't know about you, but this could lead to some other things down the line that, that might affect you one day. And you need, you know, you need to wake up and smell the roses. We need to stop living in these stupid bubbles when it comes to certain things. And understand about what what's going on around us, because one day, shit like this is gonna affect you and what you like to do. This is gonna affect the gaming community as a whole around the world. And if a lot of us stay complacent and ignorant to the, these facts and ideas, then then shit is gonna hit the fan one day, and it's not gonna end well. Okay. This is like back in the day when they used to put certain things in in these disorder books and, and disease books. And, and it did not turn out well for some people. And now there's social stigmas regarding how some people want to live their lives. Because in the past, 
someone didn't like someone's lifestyle, and they just said, fuck them, they got something wrong in the head. Like, uh-uh. No. Gaming is not a disorder. Gaming is not an addictive thing, okay? It's just not. Just, like, wake up, people. Please, pay attention to this. This affects you. This affects me. Especially if you're a big gamer like me. Just especially if you like Twitch and stuff. So are those people all addicted then too? Speaking of Twitch, they're doing it for money. That's their job. Like, where's the line going to be drawn? Where? Where is it going to be drawn? Whatever. Let's, Let's talk about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Unfortunately, it's getting skewered by critics. User reviews on Rotten are not great. They're okay. But uh, it's making a shit ton of money. It made $150 million in the U.S. It's about, it crossed over the $700 million mark because it's already been out overseas. But I like Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. There were parts that made me question if logical human beings exist in that universe, as with every Jurassic Park movie. But it's different, and that's why it's good. And I think that's also why people don't like it, because it's so different. It's, it's not like a typical Jurassic Park movie. Yes, it's, it's got the adventure themes and, and things like that, but it's got way more thriller, monster, horror-esque themes as well. I mean, you're going to get that with a director who's, whose focus beforehand was, was horror and thriller-type movies with J.A. Bayona. One thing I will say that was odd and, and a little bit jarring was the lack of the Jurassic Park theme in the movie. Uh, they didn't use it till the end credits, and they used it a lot as somewhat of a nostalgia bait in the first Jurassic World film, and, you know, that threw me off from some things, but, but, again, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is a different type of Jurassic Park movie, and that's what I liked about it, and it, it's, it's different. I got a lot of, with that being said, I got a lot of vibes from The Lost World. And very similar ideas going on and and things like that. Uh, Right down to a mercenary type individual. Dinosaurs being taken off the island. And... Dinosaurs being used in a different way once off the island. But, no, no, it, it's it's good. And it takes what was good about Lost World and pushes it forward. It takes what was good about Jurassic World, pushes it forward. It takes what was always great about the original Jurassic Park and pushes it forward. But, you know... The light use of Jeff Goldblum was a disappointment. You know, they they use him in all the marketing, obviously, to get you hyped and like, oh, Jeff Goldblum's in it, so it's going to... But no, there's very little of Jeff Goldblum, and that was a tad bit upsetting. I kind of feel like how people felt with 2014's Godzilla and how Brian Cranston was billed as like a star, and then he's kind of only in it for like half an hour. Um, you know, I get that kind of vibe with this Joel, get Jeff Goldblum things like they promised me Dr. Ian Malcolm and I got very little of Dr. Ian Malcolm. Not cool, bro. Not cool. Anyway, no, it's interesting. 
there is still some nostalgia bait here. Um, you know, they introduced some new characters that had ties to the original that are completely new. So, hey, uh, it works, though. The story works on that. Don't don't treat it like, oh, who's this random ass person? No, 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 no. It, it works. It, it If you think about reality and how special projects work, there's always a silent partner in that. And, and that kind of explains that. I'll, I'll let you get to that. Uh, kind of also dives into the... Uh, not not a whole lot, but the metaphysical idea about cloning in general. And yes, you can bring this ancient animal back to life. Um, again, and, and dealing with, is that really how we should be doing things? Is that going to affect the balance of, of life and nature? And also... Um, moral implications when it comes to humanity and gene splicing and doing things with with animals and and also uh exploiting animals for what uh what they are and and it's interesting um you know chris pratt's great and bryce dallas howard is is also great and continue uh there's a lot of character growth for her her role um, it was interesting. They made a point in the movie to point out that, uh, they made a point to point out, no, <laughs> they focused on her shoes at one point because of the, uh, ridiculous criticisms for the first Jurassic World about her and, and running in heels. And I don't even know. I don't even know what that was about. I, I, I didn't even think about that. That didn't affect my view of the movie. I don't look for that shit in this kind of movie. Okay, I don't go to a summer blockbuster movie looking for a message. Okay, summer blockbuster movies are uh, somewhat turn your brain off and enjoy the big bang booms and crazy spectacles on the screen. Okay, this isn't this isn't a a drama film. This isn't an indie film trying to send a message. It's not a documentary. It's a summer blockbuster. When are people gonna just wake up and understand that? Yes, they're gonna have a message. Obviously, Avengers Infinity Wars did as well, but most people aren't fucking paying attention to that. Same with this. But no, it's just, that took me out of the movie. Because they focused on her shoes like, oh, she's wearing boots now, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't do that. Don't pander to people. Do not pander to people. That's when you start getting into bigger messes than you need to be in. Whatever. No, the movie was good. Uh, Great use of, of CGI and animatronics again um i'm glad rexy is still around and kicking it's always good to have a staple there that's definitely a good character to have the t-rex is back obviously science goes to the goes out the window as per usual with jurassic park but hey that's okay and i really like what they're doing with bd wong as henry Wu. i like how they're kind of turning him into the villain of this new uh jurassic trilogy here I know we're ignoring, I know they ignore Lost World and, and Jurassic Park 3 um, as like never happening almost, but uh, no, I like what they're doing with Henry Wu and kind of turning him into the the villain, in essence, of, of this series. I, I like where that's going. Um, it'll be interesting what they do with 3, especially with how, especially with how this one ended. And uh, 
you you can feel Spielberg's influence despite not directing it. You can feel Colin Trevorrow's influence. Obviously, he wrote the movie. Uh, he directed the first Jurassic World. He's writing and directing the third one since he got fired from Episode Nine. But but no, I'm excited for where this is going, and I I hope I hope more people go to see it and realize it. It is not a bad movie. You know, it it's time to yes, critics have a role in society but with that being said i being one of them with that being said you know i think people are relying too much on rotten tomatoes and the scores and i think people need to go lately we've kind of had a have a had a we have a mob mentality when it comes to everything lately and people are afraid um i I don't want to get too much into social stuff because that's a big can of worms um but this idea applies to fandoms a lot um and people tend to not want to voice their un what you could call an unpopular opinion when it comes to things i am not afraid to that's what i started this fucking podcast for i've said it before i don't like certain movies that the fans adore and just jack off to okay like they get off on these movies i'm like no no stop stop believing and stop buying into this mentality that you have to like something because of how it is that's that's not how it works okay but but we also have a small group of toxic people who decide to take take the shit on for themselves and then start applying politics and all this other bullshit to movies that aren't there okay and the critics are doing it too and the the general populace is is buying into this nonsense like why don't you go see a fucking movie for yourself yeah what if a critic doesn't like it who's to fucking say that that critic has the same fucking views and opinions as you do yes we have an issue with facts and truth in this world but at the same time we need to stop treating opinions as the uttermost truth, okay? You need to form your own opinions. Stop listening to other people's. It's okay to look at other ones and say, hmm, okay? You can take other people's opinions into consideration, but form your own. Don't don't buy into this mob mentality, okay? I read reviews from only a few select sites because I understand how those poop people view things. I have similar agreements with them on other properties, on other films. I have differing views when it comes to other films as well. But I go to those people because they're more in line with how I think. Okay? I want to know what their reaction is before I start reading every single fucking review from every newspaper author on the fucking planet. Okay? They're not going to agree with every movie that's made. They're not going to like every movie that's made. But that's why I go to a select few, because I know what their thinking is. We've agreed on things, we've disagreed on things. Okay? And you can see that now. I'll, I'll do this now. I use IGN a lot because I like the people that work there, and I, I, I've, uh, I like their reviews on a lot of things. I don't agree all the time. At all. I'm, I'm, let me just say that. But their review of Jurassic World was 8.5. That flies flat in the face of what the Flickster aggregate remember this is an aggregate this isn't the the definite review score of every single person 
is sitting at 50% for critics. Okay, we need to we need to move away from this average this aggregate another fancy word for average. Okay, people need to realize there's good reviews, there's bad reviews, there's mediocre reviews, and people aren't thinking about that. Okay. Anyway, speaking of a review score, I'm gonna give Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom a nine, and that's a solid nine to me because the action is still great. It's different. It pushes the series forward. It doesn't because if if it kept doing the same thing, it gets stale, and this is that's how we got Jurassic Park 3 with a talking fucking raptor in a dream sequence, okay? Whatever. That That's just a memory no one wants to relive, especially looking back. But, no, this, this movie was great. It pushes the series in a great way. I like what they're doing with the villains. Everything with the dinosaurs was great. Chris Pratt is awesome, as always. Okay, Bryce Dallas Howard, it had really great character growth. I don't know what they're trying to do with her character, but no, it was good character growth from where she was in the first one. It, it It's a solid step forward, okay? And that's why I'm going to give it a 9. That's why I really liked it. Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. That scene when they're driving up in the fucking Jeep and the, the um, brontosaurus just leans up and eats off the fucking tree, like... The da na 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 like that shit's awesome. Okay, that's that's uh, who you can't fuck with dinosaurs. Everyone loves dinosaurs. Shit's gonna kill all the time. But seriously, like this, you know, other movies have been killed by by shitty reviews from critics, and the fan scores are higher. I will. The only time I will really reconsider a movie, and granted, this flies in the face of everything I just ranted about. But if a, a a critic score and a user score are on the same page, and they're both shit, then maybe you actually have a shit movie. But when you have a disparaging gap between them, like look at uh, look at Solo for instance. Okay, the critic score. Oh, Last Jedi even. Look at the critic score and look at the user score. There's a huge difference. Even Ocean's Eight. Here we go. Sixty-seven critic, forty-seven user. That's a huge gap. I'm going to sit back and question that, right? Hereditary, 90% critic, 56% user score. My friend told me that movie was amazing. And I'm going to sit here and like, um, maybe, because user score might be a little more reflective, but again, it, it, you need to be careful. And I'm cautious with every movie. Hell, Tomb Raider got reamed, and I still went and saw it and enjoyed it. Rampage got raped. That movie was okay. There's a couple movies I wish I got my money back from watching, despite what reviews said. It's just, in today's world, you just need to sit back, look at all of them. Don't just look at the scores. Maybe actually read reviews, because I'll do that as well on a movie. Maybe go read a couple reviews. See what, what they're really saying. Don't go to Metacritic, because Metacritic sucks. But, you know, go look at the cinema score. That's also a good gauge, because cinema scores might be higher than what the reviews say. That's on an A to F scale, like a grade. But, you know, really think about it before you make a decision. Don't just be like some of my friends and say, Oh, the reviews are shit, so that movie's shit. I'm not going to waste my time. No, no, that's bullshit. Because then you're buying into this mob mentality. You're not forming your own damn opinion. Okay? 
do do yourself a favor maybe one day just ignore that and just go see it anyway maybe you might end up enjoying the movie and that's happened with me quite a few quite a number of times and and that's where i'm gonna leave you today okay like i always say fuck what everybody else thinks do your own damn thing form your own opinion don't buy into mob mentality okay hey thanks for listening again like share subscribe review give me some stars man let me let me keep rising through the ranks maybe we can make this baby take off huh maybe again nick's nerd news nerd unfiltered that's the show that's what you've been listening to i'm nick your host you know that already again instagram nicks.nerd.news twitter nicks nerd news i'm on itunes i'm on google play i'm on podomatic.com hey maybe i'll be on spotify soon they take a long ass fucking time to get back to people but you know what it is go listen go like go subscribe have a good fucking week